Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Unfiltered Experience. It is Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, your place where we help you expand your confidence, your knowledge, your awareness, and just to be a kick-ass human being. We appreciate you guys being here, whether you're live or on the replay. I'm Christopher Rausch, your No Excuses Coach, and I am joined by the amazing Scott Goyette in Frankfurt, Germany. Scott Goyette in Frankfurt, Germany. Let's hear some of your German, brother. Danke. Guten Danke. Morgen. I got a song for everything. <laughs> you gotta have a song. You gotta get up a word. You gotta do your best. So yeah. do, do your best. Do my best. Actually, I just posted something on uh, Instagram. It says, do your best and fuck the rest. Literally, just like 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do your best and fuck the rest. Yeah. So how is how's things going? How's the how's the vacation going? How's the trip going? You've been to some beautiful places we've seen. Yeah, you know what's cool? Um, I don't know if it's well, I do know because the universe always plugs you into some amazing stuff. But as I've traveled around the world and been in different countries, it's always at a very special moment where something's happening. I don't know what's happening, and everyone's screaming and yelling, and it's like the best moment ever. So <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like we were in um a Chinese New Year or the um Vietnamese New Year when we were in Vietnam Vietnam. And they had like one table left and we were in like the equivalent of, you know, Times Square. And we were looking over like the celebration and we're drinking a bottle of wine. Like we're like, how did we show up here? Like, <laughs> And so this week, because it's the World Cup, if you guys are like watching the World Cup, Croatia is doing amazingly well. So two days ago, three days ago, when they won that game on penalty kicks, I was sitting in a bar and it's behind me and I'm kind of watching it, but I'm talking to the person next to me. Everyone's screaming. They start lighting off fireworks. People are running the streets, spinning their shirts around. Like, what the hell's going on? Are we getting yeah. bombed? Yeah. So it's it's like the greatest. And then today, another bar uh, Croatians in there and they beat Brazil in the most amazing game ever. So to be in these moments when the world is celebrating and going crazy by accident is it's pretty powerful because no matter where your energy level is, you might be like, oh, I'm missing home or whatever. And then suddenly it's just like, boom, it's just amazing. So super yeah. special. stuff. People out there living their lives and, and going for the gold. That's what it's all about. And what it's all about. It's all about that. I mean, honestly, what we're talking about here is going out and living your life. I mean, you're going out there. You took this trip all by yourself to go out there and just, you know, have time for Scott. And I think that's amazing because so many people today are just like, they're just going, 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 going. They burn out. Then they go, what the hell happened? And then they look and they look up and they're 50 years old and they're like going, okay, where's my life gone? What's, what's happened? And, you know, trying to reformulate a plan to, to get back into the game of truly like, what's the meaning of life and what can I do to be the best person I could possibly be in this journey? I think, you know, you and I, show up here every single week to, to help people go through that journey. And I think tonight we're going to have a, an amazing discussion. We're going to have a free free flow discussion. We have uh, our favorite uh, return guest uh, waiting in the back room to, to join us. But uh, just want to give a little shout out for everybody uh, who follows us. Of course, helphealhumanity.org is an amazing organization. 
Serena Buffalino is the CEO of the organization and nobody in the organization takes any pay. It's all the fact that we just donate our time and volunteer our time. And we just appreciate you guys here during the holidays. If you have everything that you need, if you're a person that has all those things and you're just like, I don't need anything, ask people to make a donation to helphealhumanity.org in your name. What a beautiful way to pay it forward and help some people in need. I mean, there's so many people right now in the world today who are struggling and especially in Haiti, we got kids that are going without food. The food insecurity around the world right now is, is, is appalling. It's amazing that we can live in such a, a vibrant society, but yet still people are going hungry here in the United States and all over the world. So what we could do together is to, is to just take 20 bucks. 20 bucks is something that is it can mean a lot to some other people in the other worlds. Um, so if you are so inclined to do that, please donate to helphealhumanity.org. Support the organization. It's just a way of saying, hey, Scott, hey, Chris, we appreciate you. So this is what we're going to do. And when you do that, send us a picture of that so we can highlight you here on the show and just say uh, another uh, personal thank you for you guys for being here and showing up. And with that, Let's bring on our beautiful uh, guest today, Johanna Godinez. She is uh, live from Puerto Rico. That noise behind you is called the ocean. What's up, yeah. Johanna? Welcome to the show, baby. Thanks for having me. I, I love that we started with uh, Scott taking care of himself. I'm doing the same. Mm. I think uh, there's a theme here. <laughs> <laughs> there is, but I'm, I'm not sitting at a beach in Puerto Rico. That's, that's, that's beautiful. Show, show everybody in the world where you're sitting. Give them, give them a little taste of that. Yeah, baby, that is that is paradise right there. One hundred. Yeah. So what's so what's going on in your life today that that you're recognizing that you're at a place in your life where you need a little break? Talk to us about that. Um. Well, you know, it, it's not so much today. It's been a, a week, just a long week. Um. I first got news on Sunday that a friend of mine and her two and fourteen-year-old daughters died in a car accident. Um. And then a day later, I got news that a friend of mine who's only 23 years old is intubated in a coma. So just like as someone who I guess has a different vision of life, in the end, I'm still human. So the same thoughts that come up to anyone who sees the world anyway come up for me as well. It's just I'm grateful for the ability to be able to step back and notice the thought patterns that are showing up and not let them take me places that I don't want to be in. Um, but I definitely recognize that I just needed to get away a little bit. I tend to jump into work whenever I have a lot of anxiety on in my personal life. I just dive headfirst into work and basically numb myself until mm -hmm. the time passes. Yeah, it's like mm -hmm. putting on blinders. Um, but I'm recognizing right now that that wouldn't serve me and it wouldn't serve anyone who I come into contact with because my energy's off. So, um, like I was telling you earlier, Chris, like for me, the whole idea of putting your mask on first in order to help others, like that's been a hard learned lesson, but more than ever, I, I feel like I can step in, into that. And, um, yeah, like I, I just recognized that I really needed just a little bit of away time. And, and it's great to be able to talk to friends when these things are going on as well and, and voice how you're feeling. So I'm grateful to be able to share uh, with you guys for sure. No, we're honored. We're honored to have you here. I mean, it's been a tough week for a lot of us. And the thing I have, the question I have for you is when was it in your life? What happened in your life where you started to realize that that self-care is, is paramount versus continuing just to, to do the grind and to get through it? 
Um, I guess it started after I finished my MBA in 2000. I finished in 2007 in December. And um, I had one of two things planned after I finished. Either one, I was going to go back to my racing school and make it bigger and better than it ever was. Or two, I was going to go and relieve my dad of his duty at the hotel and take over managing the hotel. Well, dad sold the hotel September 2007. And with the economy the way that it was in 2008, starting the racing school again wasn't really a thing that people were going to be investing in. So um, I got into a pretty deep depression, not really knowing where to go. I am a person that needs to be active and creating and doing. Otherwise, I get very stagnant. And um, I had a friend who suggested that I get help. And when I went to a psychologist, they just wanted to drug me. And I kept saying, I don't have a chemical problem. I have like a, a life problem. And unless I solve the life problem, I don't know how the pills are actually going to help. Yeah, um, just numbs. It just takes care of the symptom of the situation. doesn't take care of the root cause. Exactly. So I went to another professional and they said, you need to work out. You need to release endorphins naturally and just take care of your body and balance it from the inside out. And I wasn't really aware then of how the mind and the body and everything was connected, but I felt it very quickly after I started working out that I was feeling better. And um, I believe that that's not only what helped me like take the action that I needed also in other parts of my life to get out of the situation, but it also ultimately led to me finding my passion in life and understanding that like, if this helped me so much, I wanted to start sharing that. So really that ignited my path into coaching and health and fitness and wellness and, and ultimately yoga. Uh, so yeah, t- 2007. Nice. Thank you for sharing that. So Johanna, you know what I'd love to talk about? And I think it'll be a good way for us to kind of um, go for the next 45 minutes. I mean, we all know, and you and I do the exact same thing, but slightly different. You lead with the body approach. I lead with more of the spiritual kind of mind approach, but I honor all three as you do equal. It's just a matter of, I think that there's certain people who gravitate to you to do the body healing first and then move in. Sometimes they gravitate to me more spiritual. And the beautiful thing is that we're all doing the same stuff, Chris included. We're sitting, you know, Chris, you probably do more of the mind stuff, no excuses. Like, let's just go through. But at the end of the day, those people who come to us are trying to heal that trifecta of mind, body, spirit, because the body, like the book, The Body Keeps Score, the body is housing so many emotions, creating dis-ease. The spirituality component sometimes is the lead, but not always. And, you know, Johanna, you ran through, even through my program, through the 12 weeks, and I sprinkle it all in there. I'm not telling you it's one thing or the other. I'm explaining like, hey, try this, you know, work with this med ball. See if when you do this, you know, heart opener, does this offer some release? Like do these things. But here's where it all comes back to. So we've got three components of existence here on earth. But one of the things that literally could fix it all in one moment, and it's it's such a simple thing, but so freaking hard to do as a human because we call ourselves a human. How do I accept the reality that I'm not this? I'm the observer driving this vehicle and you just started with it. It's like you and I can have a conversation about this on this ethereal level and we totally get it and totally understand it. And then a friend passes away. You know, we just had a kid in Austin who's a friend of a good friend 
and they're going to have to take him off life support because he got an accident. The, the family got an accident. He's going to die. He's seven years old. Oh my God. Seven or nine. Like the whole point is, it's like it's like stop it. Like like well, there's so many of the, these things where you're you know you're sitting there looking at the Facebook thread. You want to comment, and you're like, do I do it from here? From here? What do I say? And I just wrote, I can't even process this. Heart, you know, pray heart because I can't even process it. But let's talk to everybody who's listening about how we can with the insanity and the speed of which there's so much trauma being thrown at us how do we sit as an observer feel so we don't run to work we feel we don't run to exercise we feel not to say that exercise is part of the process but we're not running from it we're feeling it how do we feel this stuff when people are really really hurting what 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 can we talk about today that can have somebody sit in that observer space know we're eternal beings creating a better place here while there's a lot of less than good things happening (laughs) i think if we could figure out that answer we'll be millionaires but john please 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 take the mic let's let's talk through it because like all the little hints are going to help people just like us right now yeah um, well, I think you, you hit the nail in the head with the observer part, right? The first thing is becoming aware. Because one thing is for us to have something happen and feel it and let it come through us in that moment. And yes. another thing is allowing for days and weeks and months and years of the thought of what's happening lead us somewhere. And that's, I think, the hardest part of everything. And I think that that's the part that meditation teaches you that's so powerful. It's that there is one thing you do need to feel it because trauma is stored in the body when it doesn't flow through the body. So that time when you are watching your daughter get married and you feel like crying and you feel like crying hysterically, but you hold it back even though it's a good thing, you're still causing trauma to your body because it's an emotion that you're not releasing that your body's asking you to release. Whereas if you just let it go, you feel much lighter afterwards and there is no trauma. Like the, the thing that makes it really tough is that we have so many things around us causing that right now because television causes it, music causes it, Facebook causes it. Um, man, commercials, those ASPCA commercials, fucking oh. every time the they get me, I get so, <laughs> yeah, like I can't, I like, oh, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> but, but think about it, like it's a consistent thing. So part of it also, and this is, would be number two is notice how many things you're including in your life that's triggering emotions that you're doing to yourself that are unnecessary because if it's watching too much of the news watching too much politics um getting into bad arguments with people in fights that were never yours to get into to begin with where like it's better for you to just step back and not answer than to get into it with you know just just notice how much of that you're including in your life because those are the easy ones to remove like i get it you really like watching the news you want to keep up with whatever's going on in politics but if it's affecting your overall mental health to be listening and watching these things that 
are really not affecting you in this moment. Like if you just sit back and you're like, is any of that shit affecting me? The no. answer is usually no. So it, it's, it's number one, being aware. And, and number two is, is, is just that. It's just noticing like, how much am I doing this to myself? Mm -hmm. I love that. I mean, it, it's all about the fact that we become aware. We were talking about this yesterday. Yeah. A couple of us were talking about the, the awareness factor. Like when you think about all the different traumas and things that we've gone through in our life, if we've ran away from them, did they ever disappear? No, they're always right there. So why not sit there and have the attitude of sitting there? Like what doesn't kill me only makes me stronger. It's a tattoo on my forearm right there and sit there and decide, you know what? No longer am I going to run away from this. What would it feel like if I actually sat here and felt these emotions, allowed myself this opportunity to experience the sadness, to experience the happiness, to experience whatever emotions and things that we're feeling, but then go back to the fact that when we look back on our lives, and I know you guys both agree, when do we learn the most? When things are easy or when things were challenging? Of course, when things are challenging. So if we look back on our life and think, man, I never want to experience that stuff again, but am I grateful for all those challenges and all those experiences because they help me today and they help me help other people today? Of course. So we can, we can just try to reframe our perspective just a little bit to say, hey, life is continuing to happen for me. It's not happening to me. Can I get out of the, the situation of feeling like a victim, even though that's just a perception that I'm having right now based on the input that I'm getting? Can I sit there and say, how can I redirect this, this particular emotion and feeling to be constructive, not deconstructive, and have gratitude for those particular moments to say, hey, listen, I'm not going to feel sad because somebody's gone. I'm instead going to focus on the fact that they were here and they blessed me with this particular life. And then more importantly, what lesson can I take from this experience? What can I take from this experience of having a seven-year-old boy suddenly die? I can't do anything personally, but the thing I can do is go look at my six-year-old son and go give him a huge mm -hmm. fucking hug and decide I'm not going to let all these other triggers, like you said, Joanna, beautifully said, I was that political junkie. I was a news junkie 10 years ago and I stopped watching it cold turkey. One night I was yelling at the TV and I caught myself and I'm like, I'm yelling at the fucking TV. I'm mad as hell. I go to work and I bitch with it about it with my buddy. We talk for hours about this. We do nothing about it, but bitch piss and moan and complain. I'm like, I ask myself that question. What would it feel like if I no longer had that stress on my, my body? How long, how much different would my disposition be with my family and my friends and everybody else if I wasn't complaining so much? And I let it go. And I said, if I let it go and I need it, then I can go back to it. If I let it go, then that's all much better for me. So I think that for me, it's like that awareness factor. How can I redirect this to be something positive and constructive? And then more importantly, what can I do to go make the world a better place because of this trauma and because of these things that I've experienced to, to try to nurture it in such a different direction? What do you think, Scott? So there's one thing that we all need to think about. And, you know, I've worked with people who are going through grief and going through depression and going through you know, trauma. One of the illusions that we've, we've told ourselves for so long is that in time, whatever it is that's hurt us, will reduce and that's fictitious. So, yeah. so watch what I'm saying. So let's say that I'm the parent or relative or close person to this child who's just died. If I'm thinking that in time, this will go away, the reason in time it goes away is this. Right now, let's just say that this is, the, you know, that child's death, this is, and this is the relation of me to it. What happens is, if I sit here in time and I just keep saying this is going to go, go, go away and go away with zero growth, zero inner work, zero processing, the relationship between my container and the grief remains the same. So it never changes. It's going to feel like yesterday. So the solution to grief processing or trauma processing is to feel and feel allows the container to grow. So when we hear inner work growth, it's figurative and literal. So I'm becoming bigger as a, a spirit, as an observer, as an understander, understander of what I'm dealing with. 
So I've got this. Now, as this grows and this grows and this grows, I've changed. So this stays the same, but the relationship between me and it and size, that's what's different. So imagine if right now, you know, whatever trauma we're facing in this present moment, you know, Johanna made a great point. If I go to work, what happens? My container stays the same. Yeah. So I'm going to come back and say, relationship-wise, this grief is still here, and here I am. But let's say I do yoga. Let's say I cry. Let's say I process. Let's say I help someone else. Let's say I find new value on how to share my brilliance. Now suddenly, does it still hurt? Yes, but it's much smaller in perspective to me. And now I can see, wow, this was an opportunity for me to grow. Is it the worst opportunity in the planet at this present moment? Oh my goodness, yes, from my perspective. Yeah. From the universe's perspective, we talk all the time. Lesson, hello, hello, Scott. Lesson. <laughs> what, what, lesson, <laughs> what, lesson. Freight train coming down the street, run mm -hmm. over, get back up, like, what? Sometimes you know, I, I, these insane moments. Go ahead, Joanna. So true. No, I, I think sometimes it's the way that we identify ourselves with, with what's happening as well that makes it so overwhelming. And, and it's like another thing is as humans, we always want to give something a reason. Like it yeah, happened yeah. for this reason. Yes. And the thing is, like, like as much as I hate to say this because it like brings people down a little, like there isn't always a reason. Sometimes things just happen. And yeah. if we're sitting there attempting to look for a reason, we actually like, I always give this a terrible analogy, but it's like you're just sitting on a toilet and there's a ton of shit and you're literally just taking a spoon and thinking that the more that you bring it around, the more that it's going to go away. And no, what you're doing is you're literally making it stink more and more because you keep disturbing it without actually dealing with it. Whereas like in order for you to pull your hand up and flush it, you need to stop identifying yourself so much and you've got to stop trying to find what it's what the meaning is because if it really is trying to teach you a lesson what you'll notice is that it usually has repeated before and it's something 100%. similar to yep. something you've been through yep. but if it's something like a loss like i can't help but keep thinking the dad of these two girls and his wife like he mm -hmm. just lost every single person like unless he he cannot find meaning in that so he no. <laughs> can sit there and attempt to, but there is no meaning in that. That's just a really shitty thing that happened. And it's also when we're in that space, recognizing like, one, there's nothing I could have done. And two, this is just something I need to get through. Like it may not be here to, to teach me anything, but I will be able to be a more resilient person by getting through it. So even though it's not there to teach me resilience per se, most likely, there will be something in the end that can come out of it. But not if you try to find why it's happening or, or what kind of purpose it, it, it has, because otherwise that keeps you too stuck in what's happening instead of that's, coming that's outside really of it. And I think the ca catastrophic like events that are like deaths or accidents or things that are clearly like out of nowhere, those things don't have to have a meaning. But I think we got to take two seconds of awareness as an observer and say, has this happened time and time again? Now, if it's somebody getting killed in a car crash, that's a little outlandishly rough. I agree with you. That's that we don't have to address meaning to it. If it's I always hate people who lie and everyone shows up who lies and it keeps costing me money and time. All right. There's a there's a motif that keeps showing back up. That's on me. Mm -hmm. So 
that's something for everybody to think about too. When you have a shocking thing that happens out of nowhere, the only thing I can say the meaning might be is the universe has a really strange way of creating space where we wanted no space created because our brilliance hasn't been shared yet. And I'll leave that to sit and I don't even want to process that myself because I've looked at so many times where I see a motivational speaker who had the worst loss in the face of the earth and they're touching millions of lives because of that. And yeah. I'm not saying that's the only example, but it happens. So I, I don't want to sit here and like tell how the universe functions, but I do know the universe creates space for things to happen. And hopefully we can rise up to the occasion, build the bigger container, stay resilient and make those things happen. And it's not easy. Like yeah. no one's ever going to say it's easy at all. No, and, and it's like, it's how we react, right? That's all we can control. So it's like you said, Scott, it's that, that moment to become aware because it all comes back to that awareness and to, and to how much you understand and you know yourself because we also have emotional patterns and triggers as humans. So if you know that certain things trigger you as well, automatically you need to look at it from an observer point of view and be like, oh, is this just another thing that's trying to teach me not to be triggered? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, especially because right now things are moving at such a rapid speed and we have such contact to information that we allow into our system that True. affect us that really don't need to affect us because that has nothing to do with us. So with that being said, like it's harder sometimes to step back and become aware because there's so many things triggering and it's happening so fast that it's like, how do I even take that time? So going back to just like creating that space, like you said, Scott, it's so important to create that space, even for yourself to be like, I'm overwhelmed right now. I'm overreacting to everything. Like there's something that needs to happen here for that to not be taking over my life at the moment. It's so true. And when you, well, I love what you said, Joanna, because in the, what you said, you said, uh, uh, reaction, like the reaction situation, we could be proactive or we could be reactive. And to Scott's point, that seat of that observer situation, we could sit there and once we've gone through these experiences, you know, in the moment, we don't necessarily know what, ha what what it's what's happening. Like I sit there and say everything happens for a reason. And what doesn't kill me only makes me stronger. That's how I got through my life. And sometimes in the moment, we don't know what the reason is, but reflecting back, we can look back and go, Okay, I could see with it, like you were saying, Scott, making that space for something beautiful to happen. I'll give you guys an example. Like when um, I was married before and my wife and I got divorced, but I still remained super close with her family. And my ex-wife's sister, Tiffany, was like a dear friend of mine. I called her my little sis, even though I was divorced. We were, I was still close with the family. I called her my little sis. I was actually coaching her. Long story short, she was, she, was, she was telling me, Chris, I don't have time for myself. She just had a brand new baby. Her son was three years old at the time, Kenneth. And she's like, I don't have time to take care of myself. I said, Tiffany, you have to take care of yourself. You have to take care of yourself. And she didn't. And she ultimately wound up dying. She wound up dying. She lived in the same complex as my ex-wife. And my ex-wife went over there. She wasn't answering her phone, went over there and found her dead, found her dead and found her three-year-old son like over her body going, mommy, wake up, mommy, wake up. Horrible fucking tragedy. Horrible, horrible, horrible tragedy. Um, you know, she didn't, I mean, I felt guilty. Like I, what, what could I have said? What could I have done to make it different for her? But ultimately in, in hindsight, looking back, Kenneth, my ex-wife never had kids. I mean, she, she's dating my ex-best friend. That's another story, but she never, she never had kids. And so when I look at the meaning, and we talked about this actually, like Tiffany was an angel that was sent down here on earth to create a baby, to give this experience so that Tammy could have the experience of being a mom. 
And so she's raised Kenneth as she's, she's called auntie, but she's raised Kenneth since she was, he was three years old. We don't know this, but we, we theorize that he may have developed autistic tendencies based on that traumatic experience of him finding his mom at three years old, because he is autistic. He's on the, he's definitely on the spectrum and the work that Tammy has done to raise him as a normal person in society and have him go to normal schools is unbelievable. The, the, the amount of work and investment that she's done with it. And so in retrospect, I can look at it as like Tiffany was here as an angel to bring about the opportunity for Tammy to have this life and have this beautiful experience with Kenneth because she couldn't do it. So it was for me, it was like preordained. It was like, okay, here's the situation. You're going to go down there. You're going to be down there for a little while. You're going to go back and be an angel doing the thing that you do the best. But uh, here on earth, this is the reason why this thing happened. So as much of a tragedy as it was, it wound up ultimately being a beautiful situation. So I think that's, that's important for us to, once we're going through that shit, is to pause and say, okay, yeah, it's horrible right now, but there's got to be something beyond this that's going, that's happening for a particular reason for our greater good and not to stay in that victim mode because we're never going to find that beauty if we do that. And there's Cliffhanger. A- there's a there's a the, the other thing that I, I went through when I was younger, and I, I have a feeling that all three of us are going to relate to this when I say it. When you're uncomfortable in your existence and you're coming into your own as a teenager, as a young kid, what we do to make a better life for ourselves is we have choices. And a lot of us chase highs and we think that we can make those highs just continue. And so it might be through sex. It might be through drugs. It might be through sports. It might be through parties. It might be it's. It's more, 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 more. And the moments are amazing, but we all know this. It's a sign curve. The peak, peak, and I don't care how good you are at it. I don't care how many girlfriends you had or how many game-winning shots you had or how many high drugs, you know, whatever. Like, the moments are amazing, and then there you are sitting alone in the bedroom at one night going, the hell is wrong with me? And then there we go again. And we keep doing it. And so one of the things that I see, and we don't even know it's in this lifetime, when we have some kind of a moment, think of the polarity of this existence. In our spirit, we're perfect as as is. But to create this duality, there's an organic duality in all of existence and in ourselves. So maybe, just maybe, these horrific moments are because we're living too high in some other existence. And so one of the things I've really... And I said this to you earlier, Chris, while I'm here in Frankfurt. I joke and I say, I'm not going to call some worried. I'll do something crazy after 10 o'clock. I'm making a conscious choice that I lived in an amazing semblance of peace right here. And it's weird for me. because I and, and I know Johanna and I have had talks about this where we're like, yeah, go crazy. But mm-hmm. it's, I can just walk down the street and go, wow, this is a really beautiful town. These people are really nice. This is a really interesting alcohol. This is a really wonderful meal. This is a great moment. And that's weird for me because I want to run to the skies mm-hmm. and, and just go like this. So one thing I would throw out there as an observer is how do I drive this vehicle in a way that I can appreciate every moment while constantly growing, allowing the peace to flow through me and not chasing and listen to that really really closely because the illusion that we have is that we're going to find a better existence through chasing you will not find that you will not find that let's just for the next 30 minutes say you will not find that so whenever somebody jumps in they can understand that because you won't trust me i chased it for a long time you know when i find it when I'm sitting here right now and the waiter says, where are you from? We start having a nice conversation 
and I give them a go love now band and tell them how amazing they are. And thank you so much for bringing this food to me. I really appreciate you. And you see them thinking you're weird because you're bringing <laughs> nice. That's that's what gives me the high. And I don't go all over the place. I stay right here centered. So what do you guys think about that? Because it's not easy, but when you do it, I think we're on track to find that eternal peace. Oh my God, I freaking love it. You know, the, the mistake is thinking that the high is where you need to be. I think yeah. that's the mistake to begin with. Um, mm -hmm. being, being content is where we really want to be. Like, I know we think we want to be high, but I mean, and, and this is coming from someone who's done everything in their power to be high as <laughs> much as possible in my life. One more, uh, one, more, a, one, more one more, hit, one more line, one more time. Oh, and from a very young age, you know, always chasing like, um, but I, I realized that I much rather be in peace than be high. Yeah, because the highs are also very exhausting. They're not, mm. they're not sustainable in your energetic state. So being content, what it does is it's like Scott said, you can either. So if this is content line, you can either feel yourself sort of wiggling right around the line. And there are always ups and downs, mm. but they're now up and downs which means that they're not going to last as long they're not going to impact you as much they're not going to cause as much trauma and you could say well that friggin sucks because then i'm not going to have these really amazing days and actually it's the other way around because you learn to appreciate things more than you usually would because you realize how much the little things are really what cause the better highs yeah um be because they're because they do, they last longer. They're not just gonna be like, I took Molly and then I came down the next day. Like, yes, I felt like I was one with everything while I was high, but the, the toll that it takes on my mind and my body isn't sustainable. I can't live in that state of unconditional love because I literally would implode. Like I would mm -hmm. implode with all of that energy. Um, which is insane, right? Because we think that that's exactly what we want. But like, how do you know you're loving unconditionally if at one point you catch yourself not loving unconditionally? That's the only way that you know. So it's mm -hmm. like in the end, like you need you need that other part to know that you're sort of in the in the right path. And by the way, when I say right path, there is no right path. There's only a right path for you. Yeah. So just so you know, like that, that also if you think like, am I wrong? Am I right? Like you're the only one that can determine that. Um, no, no one else can really determine that for you. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, <clears throat> the thing I think about in this particular conversation is the fact that we have the opportunity at any particular moment to, to change our perspective about something. And for me, people ask me like, what are you doing when you're down, Chris? And I said, the first thing I do is I look for what to be grateful for because so oftentimes we think we need something else that's outside of us to complete us. Oh, when I have this, or someday when I have that, or if I only had this much money or this, then I would be happy. It's like looking around in gratitude. Can I go to the bathroom on my own without a colostomy bag? Yeah, that's pretty good. Can I breathe on my own without a ventilator? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Do I have electricity? Do I have, do I have my family? Do I have, do I have opportunities? Do I have technology? Can I connect with people? Yes. Does this moment suck? Absolutely. Is it going to last forever? No. And I think having that realization, that awareness to say, you know what? Sometimes we need those times for introspection because that's how we learn. That's how we all get to the spot. 
you know, we're all over 40. Well, somebody's not quite over 40 yet. Um, you know, we're at, a, we're at a different phase of our life because we went out there and we'd experienced those things. So now we have the wherewithal and the realization to say, okay, what are some of the triggers that potentially can have me go into that spiral space? And more importantly, what are some mechanisms that I can go to if I realize that trigger has been flipped? What can I go to? Like you were saying, you know, whether it's, you know, doing some yoga or, or, or doing some meditation or going for a walk at the beach or listening to music or, or coloring, whatever it might be for you to get out of that situation, to have those in your toolbox, to be able to sit there and say, okay, wow, I'm experiencing this now. I'm going to go through this process of these emotions, the hero's journey, which we've talked about so many times here on the show, that the hero's journey, we're going to go out there, we're going to learn this lesson, we're going to come back, we want to share it with other people. But I think the most important thing is the fact is to be able to stay centered where we're at and recognize that life is happening for us and not to us and have that wherewithal to be able to sit there and find the beauty in the discomfort and not have to go outside of ourselves to find something else that's gonna change it. And that short-term gratification may last for a little bit, but it's not gonna be long lasting. And all that pain and all that stuff that we've carried with us is like an anchor. And so once we start to release that anchor, then we find we don't need as much outside of ourselves to, to feel whole again. You know, yeah. there's one thing that um, I wanna you know, elaborate on that um, Johanna said that's right on point. We were talking about, um, there's so many times that we want to go work or we need more or when you're sitting in that space you're like i've got to do 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 you can't sit still that's a beautiful thing so so watch this in the past i think what we did was we were like what are we supposed to be doing in this world so you chase highs and you just run after them once you come into a space where you're finding your purpose your brilliance what your gifts are then you want to connect and share them with the world so what you do is you dangle challenges in front of yourself one of the things that I think we fail with on many occasions is we start working and we go to a space and we're like, I'm content. Now, being content is wonderful. It's great. Like, it's peaceful. But happiness is going to be a derived from not just being content. It's from keeping a challenge in front of you. And that needs to be forever. So for me, when I say I'm empowering people who have lost hope and or are struggling to find their brilliance and share it with the world, I can already tell you 85-year-old Scott. I'm sitting in some random island in like the Mediterranean talking to some people going, you're a beautiful human. What are you doing here? And just having conversations, drinking like sangria with them, you know, just getting people excited to share their brilliance and talking about the challenges. So for all of us, I always talk about being a human being. So sitting in this space where we're in a space of peace and joy, but what is it that we dangle in front of us? The constant, the new carrot, so, you know, are, am I going to put new videos out so more people can take my classes anywhere in the world? Am I going to translate them to another language? I don't know, need to be massively stressed in doing it, but I constantly need to do something that's slightly outside of my what? My comfort zone. And that's where the high comes from. The high comes from knowing that I'm sharing my brilliance and bettering the world. That's it. And that high is going to be far greater there's a side of me that's saying you're full of shit, Scott, as I say this. It's going to be far greater than an ecstasy high or a cocaine high. I get it. We've had moments where we're on top of the world and we're going, this is the best night of my life. As a human with zero spiritual connection, those were the best nights of my life. I'm not even going to argue with you. Yeah. <laughs> as a spirit, understanding eternity, understanding what this world could be if we peeled off some of this human bullshit and made it a little bit more um with depth and spirituality, I come to spaces that I'm like, wow, this is like this earthly spiritual orgasm that I'm feeling 
that just keeps lasting versus a moment of holy shit. So you can have a moment of holy shit and I'm never going to argue with you. I've been there, done that. Best moment of your life, document it, put it in your fridge, say the, the, the time on 6th Street, I wore a diaper the whole night with no shoes on, on Halloween and I just walked around and the whole town met me that night. Was that a good night? Yes. Will I do that again? No. Moment, <laughs> Yes. But this moment is better. And I'm, I'm telling you about those moments because I know that some at some point a 20-year-old can listen to this and go, come on, dude, don't lie to me. <laughs> what I'm telling you is we get you. Get to this space as quickly as you can because those moments are going to destroy you spiritually and only allow you to exist in human form. There's so much more. What are your thoughts on that, guys? And I, I, I never showed you the diaper pics, Chris. I'll show them to you. They're fantastic. I was going to say, I got to see a picture of this. I, I, I'm surprised I you haven't posted. Yeah, I didn't post post those. I, I just had a diaper, no shoes, and I had a, a one of those sucker things wrapped around my neck. <laughs> a little binky? A little binky. Nice. Well, I think, I think, um, I, I think honestly, in, a, in the quickest form of the answer is if we're constantly chasing, we're never going to get there. And I think that's the story we're saying is we got to stop and realize and get become aware of the yin and yang, the, the dual polarity, like you guys are saying about the fact that <clears throat> you can't have this emotion without this emotion, but it's taking it in context and not taking it personal. And, and like you said, like for me, watch or reading the book, uh, The Untethered Soul and the Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. For me, that was like, he goes, you don't need to be all the, in, in the chaos. You can just sit there and go wow, that's a really interesting situation that's going on here. How can I look at this with a with a different set of eyes, a different set of perspectives so that I don't take this personally and I don't get back into that rabbit trail of seeking something else, like I said before, outside of myself to be centered in that spot. And that's definitely something that's not easy because you want to go for that short-term gratification. You want to go for that little buzz, that dopamine hit. Oh God, I feel a little bit better. Okay. And you just basically band-aid yourself all throughout life and you get to the ultimate destination. You're like, Okay, did I really fucking live? Did I really just sit and experience this beautiful thing called life? No, I was constantly chasing something. Um, you said something that was really amazing, and that or Scott, and that's um, about <clears throat> like the daily journey. Um, like I had a conversation with someone yesterday. It was a terrible conversation, by the way, because they were very religious and very not on the same <laughs> path. So it, it ended up being very interesting. But anyways. Um, <laughs> And, and he asked me something like, how do you know when you're in flow? And my answer was because you're constantly moving in a direction in which there's no resistance. Like you're yeah. not. And he's like, well, if you don't think that anything really, really in the end matters, like, why do you think that we need to find purpose? And I was like, well, it's not like if the earth ends tomorrow, nothing is wrong. Nothing is right. Like the universe is still perfect. But as humans, because we are creators and we are meant to create, unless we are consistently in that space of moving forward and in um, participating in the creative process of this experience, like we will suffer and, and there will be something that we are resisting because we innately, if there is a direction in which the universe is moving and we are co-creating the universe, then that implies that we must be moving in the same direction the second that we stay still and we go against what it is that just feels natural and puts us in that state of flow and of and of more contentment and like you say chris like you can see the bullshit going on out here but not get caught up in it like that's really the high that that is sustainable 
that where that puts us in an energetic state that we can share uh, and not overwhelm or bring people down because those really high highs and really low lows can inspire people. But when they realize that that high is something unachievable, then mm-hmm. it's actually worse. Whereas when you make it something that's more even keeled, it's also easier for others to understand it and to implement it versus these. That's why I always tell people like you have to make small changes at once. Like when you realize your patterns and what it, is, it isn't serving you, you don't just say, okay, I'm going to move to another country. I'm going to change my job. I'm going to leave my family. Like you don't go crazy like that. You say, <laughs> what is one thing that I can do today that's going to put me into a creative flow and put all of this situation into something that I can observe and not react to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, where a lot of the work is um, of, of us finding who we are and, and, and noticing the patterns and becoming aware. And it's like you said, it's really easy to say it, right? Oh, you got to do is become aware. <laughs> what did you even do? Ah, it's yeah. very tough. Um, and, and it really takes a strong person because the one part that we don't talk enough about when we are talking spirituality and all this shit is the res- amount of responsibility that it comes with. <laughs> yes. It comes with a shit ton of responsibility because it takes you being like, it's not your fault. It's me reacting to something that is yours that you're attempting to project on me, but it isn't mine. And to do that, it takes us moving out of our ego that things aren't happening to us. And the way that society is designed at the moment i feel like that's really the toughest part is just recognizing like shit it's nobody else's fault but mine i need to look inside and look at my reactions and take responsibility and unfortunately even religion tells you that you know god you got to pray to god to give it to you um so unfortunately when you're when you're praying as if you don't have something and if it's somebody else's like says whether or not you can get it like it really puts you in a situation where you're unable to take that responsibility uh, and it creates a cop-out that's much easier to say, well, I'm not in God's favor. Well, that's easy <laughs> enough. Like, I can always say, oh, that happened to me. Well, I'm not in God's favor. But um, it's it's the taking responsibility that actually helps us grow and start to observe the part that we play in the situations that are, are being created in our lives. Yeah, love that. One, one of the scariest things for any of us, you know, three of us included, to accept is that we create the music. And I want to say that one a yep. million times, too. Uh, of course. So, so here it is, okay? When we search for meaning and we say, what is the meaning? All of us want to say, well, God's taking me to heaven or this. And I say all of us, that's not true. Many of us want to say, this being's bringing me heaven. You know, Johanna, you said it perfect earlier. When you're having that best high ever, you know, you're on your mall, you're MDMA and you're at a club. And if anybody's ever done that and you've been on the good stuff, you know that you're like, this is what heaven is. It's unsustainable. And so when somebody is saying that we're going to go to heaven and just be in this. And and I know someone's going to listen to this and go, well, it's different. Well, it's not different because if the high you're talking about, when you talk about heaven, you talk about this like place of awe that comes from us think of it think of this if 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 we're looking at if we're co-collaborators co-creators of this world in the image of source creator god universe whatever you want to call it 
then the reason that we get the frustration, the reason that we've forgotten is we stopped creating and we just started walking around doing, but we're not creating. We're following orders, we're doing this, we're doing that. We're not building anything. And the resistance is right there. You're so on point. So imagine, and I've said this a million times, and this is why my mission is to empower those who have lost hope and or are struggling to find their brilliance and share it with the world. Why is that? Because it's the recollection of you as co-creator of this existence. So when you find out what your brilliance is, ah, I want to be somebody who cooks food. I want to do this. I want to do this. Once you bring that to the world, now everyone has brush in hand and we're making this beautiful picture co-creating the meaning. But we've forgotten that. We put our brushes in our pockets and we're just following the leader and we're not sharing. We're not sharing our brilliance. That's why we feel like shit. That's why we collectively just feel down. That's why we're chasing all these other sources of belief systems because we've forgotten ourselves. And if that doesn't feel good, keep listening to it. If you don't yeah. like that, keep listening to it. If you think I'm wrong and you're going to run back to your own belief system, that's cool. Because it's not about me being right or wrong. You are the creator. Yeah, we're, we're, here, we're here to walk each other home. And the more mm -hmm. that I numb myself and stay disconnected and attack people for their thoughts and their shit, the further away we're getting from doing this together and from actually walking each other home. We're literally like kicking each other around the other way. It's mm -hmm. that's so powerful, Scott, so powerful. You know, you know, it's an interesting way to do it, like to visualize this. Imagine this, we've been painting this beautiful picture, but we've walked far away from the paint can. We're literally all walking home with our brushes to dip them again and come back to recreate together. We've literally walked so far that we're holding a dry brush saying, what's this? And we're all gonna walk ourselves home. We're gonna dip it back in the can and we're gonna start co-creating again. And that's what's happening. I mean, that's a really simple analogy for where we're at. So big question, as observer to our individually brilliant beings, the three of us and everybody listening, what do we need to do? And I know we have similar answers on this, but what, what can we do right now? We've answered a lot of it. What can we do right now to be the light, to help people continue to walk home with us on the journey and not be part of the problem, be part of that solution in the walk home? Because it's not easy. And a lot of us get caught in savior mode, like, come, come, come. And that never worked. So how do we get into that player mode and get people to walk along home with us? Well, it's like we started this. You need to notice what you need and you need to fill your cup up because in order for you to create, you need to have that energy in you. So you have to first go in. What is it that you want to create? What is it that fills your cup? What what helps you get lost in the moment where three hours later you're like, oh my God, I thought that was just like 15 minutes, you know, because you're so lost in creation and in the present moment that that I mean, time is such an illusion, guys. Unless we actually feel that, it feels very real. But when you get into the zone and in flow, time, none of that shit matters. Your age doesn't matter. The time doesn't matter. What day of the week it is doesn't matter. You start really seeing the world through a different set of eyes. And those, and those eyes actually are looking in before they look out. Like, because you realize that you're reflecting everything. Like, there is nothing outside. So you turn the gaze inward and you start seeing what kind of reflection am I causing? 
Am I walking around giving people sorrow and, 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 and making their lives worse, which then in turn, of course, keeps happening and keeps multiplying? Or am I filling someone's cup when they come and they're in my presence? Mm-hmm. Okay, but you need to have a, a full cup because if you're not in a good mood and you're not having your your spirits being lifted, you by proxy cannot do that to somebody else because that's not the vibration that you're in. So it's all about first looking at what we need to improve and elevate our own vibration, what fills our cup, because that is ultimately what's going to help us share our brilliance because it's where we're going to find it, what mm-hmm. it is that that <clears throat> kind of like reflects all that out. Your, your explanation of the mirror inward and out, say, say that again. And, and the reason I'm asking you is like, I know sometimes things are said that people are going, yeah, what? And, and that's one of those things. Because I've had this conversation yeah. many times as a coach. To, to, for, for somebody to really process this understanding. So you're telling me, Johanna, and I'm going to play layman like we're, I'm being coached right now. You're telling me that if I change on the inside and fill my cup up, my world's going to change. Exactly. Talk to me about that one more time, because that sounds a little crazy to me. So so I'm a better person on the inside. I take care of myself so I have energy and, and I'm my cup's full. The world's going to change. That doesn't make any sense. Um, so we are magnets um, and the vibration that we magnetize is the vibration that we are ex- ex- like exuding out of our system and that vibration has to do well with the things that you're telling yourself in your mind the things that you're listening to the things that your senses are perceiving they come from a lot of different places it can even come from traumas from your past ancestors that are literally stored in your dni so as you start understanding that about yourself and that what happens isn't the problem it's your reaction to what happens that's the problem then you start realizing if I react less, then it's not as big of a deal. Versus if I have a big reaction, then it becomes a bigger deal than it is. Once you start noticing, and and like, let's make it really simple. Okay, so if I take my sunglasses out, the ocean looks grayer, I need to squint, this eye starts to mess with me because it bothers me. But the second that I put these on, these are polarized, I can open my eyes I see the different blues that the ocean has to offer. Nothing changed. The only thing that changed was the lens through which I'm looking at what I'm seeing. So it's the same thing. How do you change the lens? You notice the things that you look at in a wrong way. So for example, let's say that when your friends come to you with really good news, you tend to be like, oh, oh, like, oh, they didn't deserve that. Or, oh, did they really earn that? that? If that's your attitude, you need to change your lens. Why do you react in a negative way when someone you say that is your friend is giving you good news? Like you need to look within to notice like why is that resentment coming out? What are you not doing that that makes you feel like you should be in that position when you're not? Right? So you start switching the questions that you ask or or you start asking questions to your reaction so that you can sort of break them down and figure out internally where these things are showing up and why they're coming out. Um, I hate using this example because it can be pretty rough, but like when a woman is abused by her father and she continues to find herself in abusive situations, usually it's because you don't think you deserve any better. Right. 
Like you, you, you literally learn and are comfortable in a, in a place where when you're treated that way, you somehow think that you deserve that. It isn't until you look at yourself and you realize that you deserve much better and that you are worth everything because you are God that you cannot start attracting the right people. So hard, so hard to do, but people so need to hear hard. Yeah, so no, hard. No, and that's the thing too, everybody needs to get this. We're, we're not sitting here saying that this is easy. Like we're <laughs> speaking from a place of, holy shit, how much work have we done? How many times did we tell ourselves this and then walk right back into the wall again? Like mm-hmm. we're like, just don't walk in the wall, bam, don't walk in the wall, bam, don't walk. It's like, <laughs> it's so obvious. And so we're speaking from a place of many bumps and bruises, much bleeding, but many like internal and external injuries to get to a space where it sounds like we're making some semblance of sense. And, and, and sometimes these experiential lessons, like why couldn't I just read that in a book and say, <laughs> well, yeah. well, let's sometimes we're just not ready. Here. Sometimes we're just not ready. No. And you're going to read it in a book and it's going to make sense intellectually, but until you feel the shit out of it, it's not, you're not going to be able to really process it and, and, and really live from it anyways. Like how many things do you know intellectually that you know you should be doing or not doing and you're still falling into the same pattern. And it isn't until some like 10 show moment happens that you're like, oh my God, I really think I need to change now. Okay, but you've known that for 10 years. Like, no, it wasn't until you had to feel something yeah that it created the shift so the crazy thing is like you could read it a million times and that's still just because you know it just because you were saying it and you're somehow understanding it please don't think that that's all that's going to take for some change to happen like it will be lots of work and you falling back and you remembering this information and and beating yourself up a little bit and then realizing i shouldn't be beating myself up like it's it's a lot of like ups and downs but there comes a moment when you start realizing like, oh, I would have reacted differently to that a couple of years ago. And you're like, yeah. oh, I'm beginning that. mature. I'm maturing. Yeah. You know, the, the and, gray uh, hair is actually smart. Yeah. And, and it takes a long time. Like, I mean, fuck, I took my first yoga class in 2005. I didn't understand one thing about yoga until 2011. And it didn't sink in and made sense, truly make sense until like 2016, 17. Like we're talking 11 years, guys. 11 years. And it really took other teachers too. And me learning information that had nothing to do with yoga for me to be like, oh wait, everything is yoga. (laughs) Okay, but I didn't get that until these other teachers that were not yogis, but were saying very similar information like, that's what it takes you going through things learning more and the time passing that's what makes it ingrained and it makes you be able to subconsciously start operating from another level yeah yeah i mean you you've heard me say this too like even when i teach a lesson like i'll tell the the students like i say the same thing all the time this is a lesson that i've definitely fully processed as a seed plant um but that's where i'm at or this is a lesson that i've fertilized a little bit i'm decent at it but i'm not great or fully embody this one I'm definitely in a master space to teach this. And I'll tell you, like, I'll be teaching and go, hey, I'll be articulate. You'll think you know what you're talking about. And you're right. I can speak it to you because this guy told me really well. And I'll speak it back to you. But I'm somewhere between here and here. Or maybe I've gotten it. And, mm-hmm. and I'm very honest. And I'll even sometime in the middle of the program go, holy shit, I just up leveled. I went from here to here. Or I went from here to here. And, and, and there's a beauty in that as a coach because people are like, 
oh shit so you don't fully get it all either i'm like no 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 i can, I can read the book and tell you but it takes time it could be 10 years in yoga it could be 10 years in meditation where i'm like i've been doing this forever oh my god i was never even doing it right and that's a beautiful and it's thing. not linear it's not it's linear, linear either and fine it's yeah. fine like there's nothing i mean here's the thing this is an experience we're walking back home to dip that paintbrush back in to come back don't worry about it like don't beat yourself up have fun with it there's going to be a moments of total suck but what are you doing in the meantime stay observer don't attach to these thoughts and let them drag you down we need to paint this picture together we don't need to do anything we can paint this picture we together we should we should why why the hell not like that's, where, that's what we're doing right now we're painting a picture right now there we go you know we're what? It, a picture it, right now like it is part of what's going to help us heal and feel better because in the end we we see everything as duality you mentioned that earlier but in the end everything behind the dual is singular there is only one energy okay. there's only one source there's only one of anything so the dual is just so that you can recognize when you're getting closer to home like if you don't have that point of reference then how do you know so it's yeah and every day it'll be different and then you'll realize oh wait a minute i can even up level higher because i learned something bit, new or, yeah, yeah. Oh, and you just said something phenomenal that really just made me up level my thought that is the biggest reason right there why we shouldn't chase highs all over the map if we're walking home what takes longer this or this mm. we all just up level bam I was like I visualizing it. I'm going, imagine skiing down a mountain like this. Your friend's like, dude, where did he go? Or Woo. <laughs> so if, we're, if we're all walking each other home and you're a leader, you can't be doing this because you're not leading anybody. You've got to be doing this. Breakthroughs right here. Breakthroughs right here on the Unfiltered Experience. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have been going for an hour, a little over an hour, an amazing conversation with two brilliant people. I'm blessed to know you both. Johanna, I'm going to place you backstage. Where can people get a hold of you besides that phone number that's uh, right next to your name? <laughs> oh, call me, call me. I love it if you call me, but at Bay Lifestyle or Bay underscore Lifestyle PR or www.bay-lifestyle.com. Um, thank you, beautiful people. I'm going to put you backstage, Johanna. We're going to end out the show. Don't go anywhere. But thank you, thank you, thank you for brilliant uh, conversation. Thank you for the ocean breeze that I've been listening to this whole hour. Thank you. Th oh, my God. Don't even do that. It's my favorite place on earth is the beach. Thank you. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. There we have it, Scott. A brilliant conversation right off the cuff, an unfiltered experience. Uh, and you had a breakthrough. That's beautiful. Felt good, man. Yeah. You know, it's funny because um, as we were speaking it out loud, too, it was interesting because we were talking about you know, how we're managing going through, you know, all this stuff that's coming at us so fast. And literally it's the trifecta, it's mind, body, spirit. And she leads specifically with body. You know, she talks about yoga and, and that's a beautiful way to come to that trifecta. I'm definitely leading with spirituality. You're definitely leading with mind. So it's cool that we have three experts leading from a different space that we're all bringing to the same, like we're, we believe, like I, I fully understand the yoga. My wife does it, of course, like I get all of it, but I lead with one space as do you. And it's really cool that we're all coming together to help people on that path to walk back home to source. So coalescing, coalescing, or whatever that word is, coalescing. <laughs>
Coalescing. I see Joanna laughing at me. She's like, the fucker can't even speak right. <laughs> well, Scott, this has been an amazing time with you once again. Next week, we have Lynn and Brian. So, ladies and gentlemen, come here again next Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Join us in the Unfiltered Experience room. Uh, go ahead and go to www.theunfilteredexperience. There it is on the screen for you guys, www.theunfilteredexperience. Join the Facebook community. Let us know what types of subjects you would like to see Scott and I riff on, what type of guests you would like to see us talk about. 2023 is coming up and we're still coming back stronger than ever. We've got to, going to do some little refinements to the show. So we need your input of what it is that you want to see. What would you like to experience with us every Friday night? And of course, if you're not listening to us on the podcast, go to the podcast, wherever you get podcasts sold, just type in the unfiltered experience. You will find it. Go to the unfiltered experience.com. You will find the links right there to go ahead and get the podcast as well. We appreciate each and every one of you for being here and we will see you here next week on the unfiltered experience. Scott, have safe travels back home, brother. Love you guys. Peace.